1: Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Max Carlin. Max, how's it going today? Doing well, Ben, how are you? I'm doing good, um, you know, recording this right after we recorded part one, as always, uh, but it's a couple days later for all of you. And once again, we're joined by uh, Mike Weisenberg of the Weisland Podcast and Pro Insight. So, Mike, how's it going today?
2: I just can't wait for the second part to come out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i say every week with prep to pro so yeah I, I, i'm excited that i made it to a second part and
1: i i'm doing great so well, we're you. glad that you get to be a part of it
2: i will um, oh.
0: just put jaron on a poster that, oh that was bad man <laughs> Jeez.
1: um <laughs> so should, should we get started uh, we're talking with, uh, superlatives uh, uh most we finished all of the offensive ones in part one uh time to get to the defense which is quite fun in this in this class as well so let's get to the defensive superlatives As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. Bet online. You're on your online wagering experts. Uh, our first one is overall team defense, which has a lot of plausible options uh, in this category. So Max, why don't you go for yours here? Oh my Lord, that 5 dunk. Just- <laughs>
2: Damn.
0: Yeah. So, so I considered a- more guys than I thought I would for, for this group. Uh, Cause there are, I think a lot of good candidates. Uh, and at number one, it, it was actually a surprisingly difficult decision, but I ended up going with Devin Vassell. Um, just um, a just god tier instincts. Um, his ground coverage is unbelievable. Like you, he shouldn't. It's not just that he has a sense for for when to rotate and when there are opportunities for him to blow out for him to blow up actions while working off the ball, but it's that he has the ability to cover. The entire floor, and then recover off of that, and prevent his man from doing anything if the ball, you know, finds its way to him. Uh, he is remarkable on that end of the floor, uh, and I, I'm I'm recently I've been thinking a lot about the kind of floor that that gives him for NBA impact, and I think that it's really high. Uh, so I, I I think Devin Vassell is a remarkable talent on the defensive end. Uh, particularly as a team defender. He is very, very special. Um, Then I had Xavier Tillman. I did consider him at number one because just he's a big man and his rim protection is so good. But yeah, the way that he can impact shots at the rim with timing length and intelligence is unbelievable. He is a ridiculously good rim protector uh, when working off the ball. And then just not even making plays, but just like, tagging cutters and just sinking down to you know to take away various things um just the way that he just consistently makes rotations that aren't necessarily flashy um the the way that he denies passes with his length uh you know these are all small value adds but he's doing it all the time um so i think he's he's really an exceptional team defender uh left him out uh, didn't end up with him number 1 just because Maybe with with the lack of vertical, he doesn't quite have the ability to to really impact shots at the rim necessarily to the same degree. But I mean, with with his length, timing, and and intelligence, I really do buy him in that regard as well. Uh, and then finally, I had Akoro. This was a bit of a tough decision. I thought about uh, I thought about Denny. Um, I thought about uh, I don't know some other guys. <laughs> but I went with Koro because while he wasn't necessarily as ridiculous in college, he was still very good uh, as a team defender and pre-college, he was just so absurd and his physical tools uh, to act on his intelligence and instincts are really pretty exceptional as opposed to someone like Denny, who I have concerns definitely about him contesting shots at the rim, for example, just with lacking vertical and length and strength. Okoro is a, is a brick wall and has really impressive vertical ability. Uh, so while he might not have elite length, I do buy him as a guy. Say making plays around the rim in a way that I don't uh, buy someone like Denny or even even Vassell, Honestly, like I definitely worry a little bit about him with strength, uh, and that's not a concern for Acoro. So yeah, I, I deferring a little bit to the pre college with Acoro since his role at, uh, at Auburn was more like on ball stopper. But I, I I'm. Comfortable with the projection of him as a really, really good team defender as well. Uh, Mike, you want to get into yours?
2: Yeah. I uh, went with Devin Sell number one as well. Um, I, I think you summed it up beautifully. And I, I think that's honestly one of the reasons why you guys in your mock draft had him going fourth, right?
0: Yeah. Jake took him for,
2: for Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Like you, you could, Definitely see that as a, a possible fit. And I, I think that's a huge reason why he's rising up the draft. Along with like, you know, you can see like the he, he's a big projection guy, I feel. And then you could see the possible offensive uh, rise he takes once he gets to the league as well. The guy I had to was um I, I, I like your choice of Tillman. And I, I think with uh, as far as the positional uh, fit in the NBA and you know he, he'll likely have be a necessary part of a defense maybe even more than this player but I went with Tyler Bay and I think that's going to be a huge part of what he is in the NBA and you know what would get him uh, a roster spot for years and then um the guy I went with three also Isaac Okoro who I think is a fantastic defender um a the the body and just uh the, the instincts on defense and his versatility as well.
1: Yeah, um again this was one with, with a lot of options. Um I had the sell one echoing all of the reasons that, that you two said. Um I had Tillman three, um didn't have him two just because of worries about verticality and size um as a big and then not being, he he's not slow, but he's not, I'm not sure how mobile he is to, you know, enact, you know, going to be as effective making perimeter rotations as he was in college. Two is a guy, I'm surprised, well, there are a lot of guys I considered, considered Bay, considered Okoro, I considered Josh Green as well as someone I'm high on as a team defender. I always someone I'm surprised Max didn't mention, and that's Killian Hayes. Um,
0: yeah, so. yeah, he, I I thought about it, but I I couldn't include a guard, even even yeah. one is good off the. I ball mean, I Julian just think because
1: I mean he's really big, like which yeah, is I, I mean he, he's legit six five and strong and like he, has room to, to to improve his frame as well. Um, I mean I just trust I think over I, I mean it might have been a mistake um to, like th- this probably wasn't thinking about projection enough because i mean a coral certainly gets a place where he's better bay like certainly has better tools but i have more worries about his consistency and you know awareness on the perimeter um i mean hayes like we've talked like you've thought ta- like you've talked ta- ta- about more than anybody how exceptional he is in every aspect of team defense not just you know tr- traditionally you know nabbing steals in the passing lane uh making backside rotations but defending at the nail you know just positionally so was so incredibly aware stunting um tagging the weak side he's exceptional for his age and yeah i mean i, I think it's definitely like, like i thought about like guard team defense is just not as valuable but i mean also i mean he i think he has some real utility off ball just with his size and how he's playing next to smaller guys is, is, is an avenue for him um but but he was also really close um i thought i I'm high on Vassell, so like, I mean, he was my clear one. Like between like Tillman and Hayes and Green and Bay and Akora, like all of those guys were like really close for me, and there wasn't much separation. But I ended up with Killian for, uh, for that reason.
0: I got to the end of making my lists and looked at both of the point of attack defense and the overall team defense, and didn't have Killian on either, and was very disappointed. <laughs> but there were just a f- there are a few guys that are so good at that that Killian being really really good at both of them uh yeah, right. wasn't quite enough because there are there are guys who are just more specialized oh, yeah. in that respect
1: no overall guard defender category
0: yeah no he he overall guard defender he would have been one or two for sure um he, yeah so it i was disappointed in myself i did consider bay also should mention that um he's really good but i think he's he's maybe a little bit more in the like paul reed category of a little erratic and i think he's and, just
1: more mistake prone yeah, like another a guy. little,
0: a little less solid, and also another guy with strength concerns. Um, but he, yeah, he's great. I mean, he's like very instinctual, obviously, like great playmaker. Uh, totally worthwhile inclusion, and and I definitely considered him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's less good at the minutia of team defense than a guy like you know Hayes or Vassell or Tillman. But you know, so, certainly, like 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 certainly, if we did like stocks category, I think he's definitely a contender to be number one there. I mean. <laughs> All right, so our next one is uh, just zoning in more. We have rim protectors. So Max, why don't you go, go with your three rim protectors?
0: Sure, uh, Tillman, easy number one for all of the reasons that I mentioned. Uh, even with the vertical concerns in the NBA, like I, I still think he's the best. Although uh, the next two are are a little weird because they're they're not really centers. I I realized later that this was a poorly uh, defined category. That uh, I'll take credit for that because that was that was me. Um, but yeah, the next two guys are like more weak sidey uh rim protector types. But I have Pat Will and Poku. Um so Pat Will, I think that he he's really, really skilled at getting vertical and being disciplined on the interior, on top of having on top of being just really smart and instinctual. Uh I his length and vertical leaping ability are obviously very valuable. Um so yeah, I, I just think that he's a a great uh, weak side rim protector. The ground coverage is concerning for sure, but his his size and length and intelligence is just so overwhelming. Uh, and just, I mean, skill in that area, like it's something that we've talked about for sure before that being an interior defender, like there are skills there. It's not just being tall and long and or being able to jump. Like you, you need to be disciplined and you need to be skilled uh, in your ability to get vertical. And, and Pat will definitely has those abilities. Uh, and then Poku, while he did not, factor into the overall team defense thing for me because of his uh mistake prone uh play style and just inconsistency his defensive playmaking is ridiculous uh, particularly at the rim uh the way that he swoops in for some weak side rotations is nuts um and then on top of that just the ability to control the ball off of those and then launch onto the break from there, and then factor in as, like we we talked about him as at very least an honorable mention for transition passer. I mean the the way that all of those skills come together is pretty ridiculous. But yeah, he just makes some like I think the the absolute best weak side rim protection highlights from this class definitely belong to Poku, uh, and that's why he he factored
1: into my uh, into my top three. Uh, Mike, why don't you go with your list. I
2: kind of more went with uh, guys who I, I just think are going to block quite a few shots. Like it, it, when you're talking about the definition and everything, and I, I probably should have factored a, a little bit more into it. Um, you guys, of course, take that extra step of detail that I admire quite a bit. Um, but I went with Anyeko uh, Kanwu, number one. I think that just in, in terms of volume, I, I think he's going to be a guy that blocks quite a few shots and definitely uh, affects shots at the rim. Uh, number two, you guys may kill me for this one. I'm going with James Wiseman. I just think he's big, and I like. I, I feel like eventually he, he, he's going to get it together. And you, you can, I, I know you talk about how long it takes him to load everything like that. I think even uh, the nine, three and a half, like standing reach, I think it's even taller than that. Like the guy is really big. He moves well enough and they're they're Whatever defense he's going to be in, they're going to plant him at the rim. And that, that, like, that's his journey towards being an effective NBA player is being able to do that. Um, and then three, I went Xavier Tillman. I, I just think he, he's so smart. And has always just had great instincts as a road protector as well. So that's where I went with uh, that category.
1: Yeah. I also had um, Onyeka number one, uh, same as you, Mike. Uh, Just talking about projection, uh, someone who I buy a lot, you know, already very, very impressive instinctually, you know, not perfect vertically and, you know, is occasionally a step late, but it's also, you know, for for a freshman, um, I think his timing is overall pretty good along with the quick leaping. You know, I I think he's particularly good at like picking which hand to contest with. And like that's a of, that that's another like minor skill that he's really that he's really exceptional at for, for someone as young as he is. Um, I, again, size and length a little concerning, but in this class um, I struggled with the options. And again, I, I I probably took this a little more as like interior than weak side rip protectors. You know, we could divvy this up. You know, we could do that in a future episode uh, more specifically. But yeah, yeah my number one. Uh, and then Tillman is my two, my number two as well. Yeah. More, but like but like definitely not a dis, definitely not like a strong two just because I do have concerns about the verticality um, overall you know how much is actually going to be able to impact at, at the next level uh, but I mean certainly special in terms of timing and, and instincts and you know sense of space and when rotate and then I had poku as well third um yeah just like a weak, like yes fits into the weak side category but is at least center height um you know uh, definitely not center size but is it, certainly center tall. Um, or at least on the low end, center tall, depending on what the measurements end up uh, like. You know, being actually, uh, but yeah, just stupid, stupid good instincts. Um, uh, I will contest. You know, yes, I, it's, it's either him or the, or Eve Pons for highlight. Block. <laughs> yeah. And I and I really, really wanted to include Pons. I just couldn't justify it with the other guys above him. I I, I, I was close. I also thought about uh, Doke here as well. This is a monster there. Uh yeah, I mean those those ended up being my three.
0: Yeah, I, I define this category really poorly. Um I nah. yeah, I mean I think you guys probably did it more, more faithfully to to like what was put on the on the Google Doc. I think for Onyeka, like I think he's pretty clearly the best pick and roll defender in the draft, right? From a projection standpoint. Uh and I think that matters just his ability to play the ball handler and the lob. Um everyone's seen that that possession against uh is it Colorado? where he contains the ball handler and back pedals and then breaks up the lob and, and it's a run out. Um, like he, he's by far the best at that. So in like a primary setting, he's I think probably the answer for the best rim protector. I think Wiseman is, is an interesting call. You just have to keep him close to the rim. Honestly, Obi in that respect as well. Like, because if, if you do, if you have him, you know, in a zone or something like that, or you're just a situation where you can keep him at the rim, um, he is very capable of getting vertical. He is long. I don't think that he's like wildly lacking in awareness. Precious is another guy who, if he's, if he's on the interior does have some really nice moments. Um, but yeah, to me, I, I think that intelligence plays into it enough that I I, w- I would side with Onyeka Tillman and yeah, I mean, P- Poku and Poku and Pat definitely get consideration for me just, because of the, you know, the even even like Pat in in more of a primary setting, like is is so stout on the interior that I think you can make a case for him. But, yeah, I think uh, it's
1: like a big four. Pat is like close to his enticing as like a primary than as a help back because of the ground coverage issues. Like he's obviously so smart, you know, making make, getting good spots. But you know, as a primary, he's he's strong, long, and uh, oozing with verticality. You know, so I mean, like like against like like non fives and like non Giannis types, like I think he's gonna have a lot of success. Know, as a primary, you know, I mean, the issue with him is, you know, staying in front of guys, but, you know, even when he's beat, he has recovery tools to, to to catch or blocks. I mean, I think of like the play against David Johnson where, you know, he's beaten and spiked it off the glass, you know, yeah. and, and it wasn't the only time we did that, that uh, this last season. So, but yeah, I mean, Pat's a good call, uh, just like a different way than I thought of this category, really. But you know, yeah, I mean, P-
0: Poku also just being so mobile, like obviously doesn't have the technical like footwork ability to, to like navigate anything really but yeah. just just being a guy who
1: crazy is a, fluid I mean. who is
0: a yeah crazy fluid mover with his length and and um instincts on the interior like i i even see yeah i see a case for him in like a primary rim protector however you know type setting as well um but yeah the, the guy if we're if we're like altering the um the question to fit what you guys the way you guys answered it like uh which I think is probably the the correct way to handle it. Like the one the one guy that would definitely have to be on my list who wasn't was Onyeka.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think our la our last category of 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 this superlatives. This was really fun. We have point of attack defenders. Um, All star. Uh, it was pretty pretty easy for me. Uh, my three. Um, first, I had Bulmaro, um, who's just. Um, maybe um, and de- definitely not a distant first because you know he he doesn't have the physical tools of of the other guys of the other two guys on my list but incredibly special lateral burst um you know besides just straight mirroring on the ball where where he's relentless and you know just overwhelms even euro league caliber guards uh with that he's so physical getting into guys you know bumping their chests uh just throwing them off their rhythm is not afraid of of anyone um you know beyond just that you know vaporizes screens with you know his, his ability to get skinny and, and stay attached and even when he is beat he's you know feisty and competitive uh, getting back into play uh, and then he blows off triple handoffs blows up triple handoffs excuse me like like no other um just so ridiculous there um, yeah, Bumaro. Again, like the, I definitely see a Case from lower than this because again, he like he lacks like the strength, which is a really critical component of point of attack defense. Uh, but you know, like as like we've like Max and I have both been talking about, you know, on Twitter and just like you know, with with the prevalence of over and drop schemes in, in the NBA becoming more and more and more, uh, players like Bumaro who you know can stay attached to these lethal pull up shooters are ever increasing in value. So you know, Bomaro for for me for that reason is the number one guy. And then for two, I had Isaac Okoro, who just ridiculously strong, toolsy, laterally quick. I think of him like again, just like giving the Deion Sanders treatment to to so many guys. Um, you know, r- routinely st- sticking in front of Kyra Lewis, one of the fastest players in the class. So many examples of him just being overwhelming. Even if he's not technically per, per- perfect, you know, he he can overextend at times. But again, like vaporizes screens with his strength. Ridiculously good on the ball. Uh, and then my last one, which was uh, last one with, is Aaron Henry, who's maybe like technically the best wing guy, always in a stance, uh, never crosses his feet, um, like never takes extra steps around screens. Just so, so spectacular there to me, um, along with being strong and like a six foot six wing with probably room to add muscle as well. I mean, he's he, like he's certainly not weak, but you know, he's not as filled out as Socorro uh, or someone like that. Yeah, I think Henry is going to have versatility to guard up and down. Probably more down than up, just because you know. I think he's more of a going to be more capable g- guarding smaller guards than like big fours. Um, but, but again, he's super quick, strong. Um, not the longest, but um, a clear third choice. And yeah, this is a pretty easy three for me. Oh, yeah, Killian Hayes. I mean, I thought about Killian Hayes. Um, just don't think he's that level, even if he's made strides and is very good too.
0: Mike, you want to do yours?
1: Yeah, um, the
2: three that I went with, I think. I, my number one may surprise because he wasn't on uh, Ben's list. Uh, I like Josh Green. I
1: yeah, that was a good he's call. he's
2: on my list. Sort of attack defender, um, and I, like the reason when you guys did the the mock draft, I, I think PD had Josh Green going to Philadelphia. Like that is, I, I think a, a really interesting fit. I think wherever he goes, like you know, defense is going to be one of his calling cards, and you just kind of hope he improves enough in the other areas. But yeah, like six ten and a half wingspan, I I love his lateral movement. He really gets in there. And uh, Isaac Okoro was uh, second for me, and I, I just like you guys have been saying about Isaac Okoro, like he's an excellent defender, very versatile um super strong and just very intense and um at three i i did go with killing hayes and um yeah just like you guys have been talking about he he swallows up ball handlers his body is fantastic i'm a little bit worried about bomaro's body And, and yeah it's fair that's like the the one thing i'd say there i i think you bring up some fantastic points with him as a point of attack defender, and just in general as a player. Um, Yeah, and he's probably a guy that I need to see a little bit more of, like, recently, but, yeah, just um, those were my three choices for this category, and uh, I think just three really solid defenders at the point of attack.
0: Yeah, I like both of those lists, and mine is pretty similar. Bomaro was the clear one for me, but I think that the phys- the strength concerns are very legitimate. What I will say, for anyone who is a little lower on Bomaro, if you have only seen FIBA try to find some of the newer stuff with uh, with Barcelona 2 or with... Um, Even with the, the early,
1: There's a couple of old yeah, yeah, ones senior. on
0: there. All of his minutes with the senior team, I think, are available on YouTube. It's just... Every single game is is not that many minutes, uh, but I think they can be found. Uh, he's yeah, he's made a lot of strides. Um, and like while while the point of attack defense was very good with FIBA, I think it's at a different level um with um with yeah. Barcelona and it's being done against Euro League caliber guard or I mean not Euroleague caliber Euroleague guards. Um, yeah I'll
1: quickly say it like like my strength concerns a little lessened by just the fact that like like he's like giving like you said Euroleague guards so so much trouble. Like that I mean that's yeah. that's so impressive to me. The aggression yeah. certainly I, I think works in his favor. Yeah so he
0: is a lateral freak but like Ben mentioned he um his physicality on the ball is so he just is such an asshole as a player it's amazing like he he, tries so hard he tries so hard and his energy is limitless it's absurd like he puts guys into a full court press but like actually bothers them it's not a token press like he actually bothers guys um like it looks so miserable to play against him he blows up every single dho like if if like Landraville
1: Ashton Hagens. like his point of attack <laughs> defense is like what people think Ashton Hagan's point of attack defense. Yeah, is. yeah
0: like it, it just seems so That's miserable true. to play against him. and and like he yes, he's a little too aggressive sometimes, but he it doesn't come back to bite him really all that often. like people people don't really take advantage of the of the aggression. So like he's just beating guys to spots constantly. He's making guys wildly uncomfortable. Uh, I think he's an amazing point of attack defender. Uh, in my clear one second i had a coro uh i think he's incredible it's not like he has the footwork to evade screens he also can just completely blow through them because he is what six, so six, 225 or whatever? He's okay. enormous. He's an absolute
1: freak. Could probably squat um, so much.
0: Yeah, I, I I referred to him the other day as Isaac. Screens do not exist to Koro. Um, probably
1: squat to Leandro Balmoros.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he's, he's such awful. a freak. And and like Ben said, like I mean, he was sticking laterally with Kyra Lewis, and like I I definitely have some some like shake concerns with Kyra Lewis, but I certainly don't have straight line speed concerns with Kyra Lewis uh relative you know, like you know Kyra Lewis is a high level straight line athlete relative crazy to NBA yeah right? relative to NBA guards uh and Okoro like Okoro did a number on him uh, especially in the first half of uh one of those Alabama games um so Okoro was my number two also has the positional versatility for him going for him uh, and then I had green three uh crazy laterally his heat his hips are so freaky like he can turn those things so unbelievably quickly, uh, again has strength to blow through screens, but he's he's not you know he's not quite as good avoiding screens. He's not quite as good blowing through them as as these other guys, which is why I definitely do see a case for Killian, especially with volume into account, because I do think he's just going to spend a lot more time guarding small wings. I mean, not small wings, small guards. Uh, but I, I I do think one of the appeals of of Okoro and Green is, and Bulmaro is. Well, I, I mean, Killian too. Really, he has such plus size for the position. Is that um, these guys can really thrive in that? Um, in the as drop becomes more prevalent in the NBA, uh, because they have the size to contest multiple guys. So as the as the initiators get bigger, like you know, Eric Bledsoe is amazing getting over screens, and that's that's great when you're contesting Kemba Walker. But when you're contesting Jason Tatum and he's releasing the ball, like eight plus feet in the air or whatever it is, um, that's like a little less relevant. However, when you're, when you're talking now about, um, you know, a very, very large guard in Killian or, or these plus-sized wings, um, they're a little more capable of no matter who it is, who they're chasing around screens, they'll be able to get that rear view contest in. Um, so I, I think that that having the size is definitely going to become increasingly important for these um these point of attack defenders and that was part of the reason that i gravitated toward these guys but i also think just on the merit of like screen navigation um and sticking with guys laterally that uh these three are the are the clear choices
1: yeah i'll say if there was a closeout category green would be like the one by a country mile i mean like like his hips are so special like his, like the lateral change of direction we should out. have we should we, have had a closeout. We should okay. have had a closeout. Here, a, a mm-hmm. impromptu closeouts connection. One, Josh Green <laughs> doesn't even matter. The rest, uh, I mean, he's so like two like will, like like well, like future throw in Scotty Lewis. Like I don't know. Like Green is so special as like a lateral mover. Um, I, I, I included Henry over him. Uh, one like strength was the big differentiator there for me. Um. But again, like Green was a guy I considered—I I didn't mention, like a guy I considered him probably maybe should have considered him more heavily. But yeah, I mean, a, a, an exceptional, exceptional point of attack defender, anyways. So I what think that's all we have know, for our superlatives. Um,
2: uh, the one thing I wanted to add, and this is just a category I always thought was kind of fun, um, it was the Jason Maxiell Award. <laughs> and for those that don't remember, Jason Maxiell. Was six foot six and I believe had like a seven three or seven four wingspan. So just I loved him as a Differentiation of height without shoes to wingspan. I wish we had the combine numbers readily available, but I I found three guys that just kind of have like a a freaky uh differentiation who all have a chance of being drafted. Some likely will. My number one is Yudoka Azabuke. And he at the combine in 2018 measured at six foot 10 without shoes. And for some reason, seven foot with shoes, whatever. He's a huge, (laughs) Um, seven wingspan. Yeah. He has like these enormous arms. So he has a plus nine. Um, The longest, I think since I've been doing it, I know that uh, the, the one guy Zach Milner has brought up is Doug Wren, And I think that's a typo. But he—it's from the like a combine, like I guess it must have been like two thousand three or something, where he has like a thirteen point two five like differential, and I saw Doug Ren, and then the the differential between like uh, that and his um, standing reach is like just like a few inches. It's crazy, um, but the other two guys, Isaiah Stewart. Who is a favorite of this podcast? I know, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he he's like he's six eight without shoes, seven four wingspan. He might it might even be seven five. He, he he. The one thing I'll say about Isaiah Stewart is when I saw him at all of these different settings, like when you take out like the numbers and everything like that, there are things that definitely stand out about him, just in terms of energy and in terms of him being. A good person, so I I can see the reason why people are willing to take a bet on him. The thing I will agree with you guys on is there are many legitimate concerns, and rim protection obviously being one. um, His uh, ability to process
1: information, stuff like that, for sure. Probably not great that you know for someone on the on the list of of longest wingspan differentials that rim protection is a concern. But
2: exactly, (laughs) it'd be nice if he, he could jump on top of that. Um, <laughs> really and then the, the last yeah, guy, himself. yeah, the la- the last guy that I, I thought was kind of interesting is actually a guard. Um, last year at the G League Combine, Miles Powell measured at five eleven without shoes in a six foot seven wingspan. So,
0: wow. oh my god, Ooh, extreme Carson Edwards. Jeez.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. I did not realize that. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. So, you know, it, you, he's small but he,
1: he does he, not look that long to mixed, That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that'll officially end it for our some superlatives. Um,
0: <laughs> can that award be renamed the Taylor Horton Tucker award? Yeah, we should. It
2: could be, man. And, and Muhammad Bamba too. That's like, crazy. Yeah. I like THT. I'm getting the,
0: what are the, the THT numbers? Six, two two and a half seven one. Yeah, seven one no. seven one <laughs>
2: and. one. <then. laughs> And a quarter inch wingspan, yeah. He has, he has like the craziest body, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we're going to get a, a chance to see him play. Yes, games. he was pretty solid yesterday.
1: I mean, yesterday oh, yeah, ben, for us. Ben, I saw Ben was, po- was oh, uh, my god, I was so he happy. Had
0: two clips of Taylor, and then I checked the box score, and it's like four points at two of five shooting.
1: You, <laughs> hey, man, he had some you like, like max. I love Taylor, 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 rocks, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, I think I it was a tremendous pick by the Lakers, and yeah, definitely.
1: ridiculous that he fell that far. I'm looking
2: forward to see uh,
1: how yeah. that works. All right, so um, superlatives so done. Still have catching eye to do. Uh, plenty more context. Uh, Max, I know you have, you know, a, a very important Celtics game to watch in seven minutes. So why don't you go with uh, your catching eye guys so you can zone out for a little bit? Sure.
0: Um, all right. First, I've got Josh Green, um, and it kind of flows actually really nicely from the uh point of attack defense uh section
1: oh benson hit a three wow
0: oh um so <laughs> i josh green is under discussed among the elite wing defenders in this class uh because he is really exceptional on that end both as a team defender and a uh and an on ball guy um i think that he's a little more mistake prone off the ball than the best guys, than Okoro, Vassell, um, I like Romeo Weems, I guess, among, among guys like returning to school, but he's still very good there. Like he makes some incredible plays, uh, some crazy um, like contortion contests at the rim. Uh, but on the ball, he's so good. The, like, like we said, the hips are ridiculous. Lateral quickness is amazing. Strength, like he's gonna, he's gonna be a guard stopper and I think pretty good against all wings and even capable against the big wings. Um, But the reason that I I have him uh, well behind Vassell and Okoro is that I really do not think he's a good offensive prospect. Like, he'll be able to survive, I think, off spot-ups, but, man, the finishing is so bad. Uh, Like, I I think the spot-ups eventually will be okay enough to play him. And then once... You know, if you do actually have to close out on him, he does have he does have the runner game. He is a good passer. Like I, I, think that there's some value there. But I'm really pretty confident in him as a negative on offense, and very confident in him as a very significant positive on defense. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's an interesting player. Uh, and I think does, does probably doesn't get quite enough credit as a really good defensive prospect.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I have lowered on the offense a little bit, just like harder and harder to buy his shooting. I just, no volume, no versatility. I recently wrote about this for the step back, just underscoring the, the importance of volume and versatility in shooting prospects. And besides just like raw numbers, you know, not, doesn't take pull-ups, doesn't really take off difficult off movements. Has always been gun shy um, dating back to, you know, his high school, pretty much all of his high school has had has had issues with that. Um, so yeah, just harder under hard to buy the shot. Even if I do think on low volume spot ups, he's probably going to be fine. Great touch. Um, you know, was a good spot up, notable shooter in college. So, but yeah, I mean, h- harder to buy the offense without that, and then without the finishing. I mean, I, I think just there's something to be said for someone who's like so like as, as athletic as he is, with as high feel as he is, like because he has really high feel. He's, he's an awesome passer off the ball. Um, yeah, it's, it's harder and harder for me to like justify Josh Green on offense. Still a little higher than Max, but like still have my concerns.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you guys as far as like the entire package, but I, I feel like his athleticism and his ability to uh, play defense just in general. Um, and I, I, I buy the shooting, like I, I, at least as a spot up shooter, that, that that's the one thing that I think will have a chance to, to really translate. But yeah, I, I worry about the rest of the offensive package and uh, his finishing was a monumental concern. Um I, I and you wonder how much he'll you know, get out in transition, but I, I think when you have somebody who just has the physical tools, who has the athleticism, and I think is willing to at least work on the other aspects, as much as you worry about them all coming together, that that's something that I, I think is worth like you know a mid first round pick at, at least, or like you know somewhere in that range.
0: Yeah, that's about where I'm at to put a number on the finishing um his half court around the basket finishing was it was in the eighth percentile yeah uh, with synergy it was kind
2: uh, ninth percentile I saw that
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's really horrific um watching him tr- like in situations where he has to finish with his left hand is painful because he doesn't do it like he throws the ball up there with two hands and it's like pretty uncomfortable to watch uh it's like not a normal thing to see a high level basketball player doing. Uh, we've we've said this before, but I think two lefty attempts this entire year at the rim. Uh, it's really bad. Um, but uh, you know despite that, pretty good prospect. and I think it's mostly on account of being a really, really good defensive player. Um, next, I've got Robert Woodard, uh, who I feel like I've talked about a lot during catching eye segment you
1: always talk about robert wood
0: yeah I, I he was he was one of my guys last year uh as like a returner i really really liked him uh just in a small minute uh role and i mean that turned out pretty well like he he's good he's a good prospect but one of the things that's been bothering me recently is that he is just like everything he does is pretty slow like he cannot cover ground quickly and even though he's like a good he has a good top end vertical he's a load leaper And so he'll make lots of good rotations and then needs that extra split second to load and will miss making the play and will allow a pretty easy basket at the rim. And that's a problem for him against college athletes. Like when everything is happening faster and guys are getting off the ground even quicker in the NBA, that'll be more of a problem. Uh, It's kind of why, despite being like a... I'd say relatively smart, but kind of lapse-prone, six-seven guy with a plus wingspan who, like, I think will shoot okay, like on spot-ups at least, uh, and can I mean, and can get up and I think moves like fairly well off the ball. Like he's still only a fringe first, like mid-thirties guy to me, just because the I think ground coverage is is one of those things that's really underrated and it's a key element for a lot of these really exceptional defensive players. Uh, just you know, getting to the ball is really important. It's obviously it's essential to make plays, but just to I mean to just to deter things, to close out, like it's so important. It's something that makes Vassell so great. Uh and and Woodard really can't do that. Um but I mean I, I still like him nonetheless. But uh but just being so kind of slow at everything is, is frustrating.
1: Yeah not much else to add on, on Woodard, just like a solid wing mid first level prospects you know just in that glut of wings that i have ranked you know from like late 20s to mid 30s so As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the Welcome Back sports bonuses. Bet online, your, on- your online wagering experts. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that Simple is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security right for right now when feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home twenty four seven. Order online with the click of a button, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. Head to SimplySafe.com slash team and get free shipping and a 60 day money back guarantee that's simplysafecom team to make sure they know that our show sent you yeah. all right so mike i know uh, i'm excited because both of us have like 20 uh 2021 high school class guys to talk about um so, so mike why don't you go with your guys the first one i'll go with is jabari smith jr
2: or jabari smith second his dad played at lsu he um I, I had the chance to go to the USA basketball junior mini camp uh in October of the last three years. And he was there this year. He played really well in the U 16s, and right now I, I think uh, is ranked like in the top five in the two four-seven composite. You just see why he was to me, one of the better twenty twenty one guys there. Definitely one of the most intriguing. He's about six foot ten. He has a really soft touch on a shot, and you know has ball skills. Um, seems to have decent athleticism. Like not not really out of this world, but yeah. And then um, some pretty solid defensive instincts as well. So he's uh, a guy that I don't think has been talked about yet on prep to pro. So wanted to bring him up and see if you guys. Uh, Had any thoughts on Jabari
1: Smith at this point? Yeah. I don't think Max does um, because he's too cool for 2021 high school class. Uh, (laughs) I wish I had more time for 2021 high school. Yeah, I've been blessed with enough time to do that. Um, But, yeah, I I mean, I'm not, like, huge on Jabari. Um, I've recently watched, like, most of his games. You know, uh, he's, like, Atlanta Celtics AAU team, like, recently Mm -hmm. played in the tournament, you know, the the merits of that tournament being very questionable but you know the, the, it's recent EYBL basketball and Jabari you know played with another guy I'm going to talk about later um he's like, like again like crazy soft touch and a shot is like money with those elbow jumpers I think he's going to shoot threes for sure like a, w- w- was a great shooter um I, I'm not sure what else he does on offense because like he's not very explosive not athletic he doesn't ever pass um I'm not really sure he's skilled enough on the perimeter at this moment to drive but he's like young coordinated and a good shooter that's a solid start. And then defensively, like, like I said, I, I really like the mobility there. Um mm-hmm. like I, I like the mobility. He he has some really good rim protection games. Um not like super instinctual. I think he kinda overwhelms with with like size and length at this point, but you know, pretty solid. Um I, I don't know. I, I'm not as in on him as like a top five guy in 2022, at least from what I've seen. But I'd certainly like a top, like a top ten, like high end lotto type. Uh, also very, very end for the class. I might have said that already, but yeah. I mean, I mean, he's a good prospect nonetheless. Yeah,
2: he's he, so he's May 13th, 2003. So he's still uh, he just turned a little while ago. Um, yeah, it would have been really interesting to see how he had progressed uh, playing for USA Basketball this summer, if that would have been possible. Um, yeah, it's. I heard about the uh, tournament he played for the Celtics and I, I want to lead that into I think one of the guys that you've uh, been talking about and uh, are you had planned to talk
1: about it at least Ben. Um, uh, skip right? uh, sure we can skip around a little bit. yeah sure uh, so the guy the guy that Mike is uh, referring to is Matt Cleveland, uh, another top recruit in 2021 has class Re- recently just committed to FSU. Um, those had been the rumblings and they were and they were, and they were true um oh no oh no sabonis has a bad foot injury and is leaving the bubble that's really. Oh, no, no. that's really yeah sad. That, that's not great it, that, it, that's not i mean great. it, it oh, word was
0: out that he had a they had plantar fasciitis yeah he had
1: plantar fasciitis um right. which is not good but oh that's that I, that's the, that's very sad so oh, God. Um, yeah. Wait, so this was a non playing injury then? no i don't think so yeah no, i'm not I'm sure actually, i'm actually not it's sure an injury, an injury in the season no like, i think
2: this one was he wasn't playing when he got hurt. That's why I mean. no, I don't
0: think yeah. so. No, no, because he, has, no. he, yeah. no, exactly. he hasn't been playing, he hasn't been playing in the bubble at all. Yeah,
1: well, oh, I, yeah. at
2: least it was yeah. just like, yeah, okay, could be
1: just, yeah, and the, guys, the, yeah. the, the, the almost never talked about Pacers fan side of me is, is very disappointed right now.
0: Um, yeah, that that because, Woj that Woj notification rolled in and and Ben's heart sank. Oh, we could we could see yeah. it on his face, it was brutal,
1: but oh. yeah. Um back yeah, talking about Matt Cleveland, who's like not someone I like really adore. Um, someone I'm actually really confused by and struggle with. Yeah, like I said, FSU commit. Those have the rumblings, and it, he committed the, like last week. Uh, very great get for that, nonetheless. Um, he's he's a real weirdo physically, six <laughs> foot six. Um, crazy long wingspan. I don't know if you have a number. Um, I saw it measured like yeah, six. 10. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't I, believe I, that. I, for a around there, yeah. I don't believe that for a second. It's got to be longer. Um. Yeah. It's gotta be longer. He's ridiculously long. Like yeah. he's he's strong too. Vertically explosive. Doesn't need load time, but also has no burst and is kind of clunky laterally to me. Um, with it, I think the real appeal for him is defense. Where again has shown like some plus instincts for his age and size. Has some like real, like dominant rim protection and you know. Sp- uh, off-ball playmaking more of like a stocks guy than like a sound team defender guy but like that's how a lot of you know 17 year old athletes are um and then like that transitions into transition where i think he's like that's his best offensive skill is speed handling coordination explode explosion in, in the open floor uh gets so that's like most of his highlights uh which are just like transition dunks, switch is a little concerning that you know he's not more of a, a half court creator but he's a monster in transition and i think his, the finishing ceiling is really really high because of the vertical explosion the length and the strength I, i'm not super sold on the touch i know smart people who i have talked to like the touch i don't agree he has like his like he, he likes these like crappy turnarounds uh that he can hit sometimes but like his touch on like tougher finishes i'm just not a fan um that leads into his offense where he's like a really really bad decision maker like I mean, he, 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 like, I mean, like, I, like, we always say, like, you know, Ross said, like, last week or the week before, um, like, like, star level shot makers who are young, like, almost always take a lot of bad shots, but Cleveland takes, like, an inordinate amount of bad shots. Um, and he, and he doesn't make them at the level that he, that he needs to do. Certainly not um like like he like doesn't doesn't really have burst never passes um I, I will say like like he has some interesting handling moments for you like he's really coordinated and, and has some like fluid driving for a guy at his size and length so i think that's there's some unlock there but yeah i'm really skeptical about what he does on offense um like just generally as in the half court, but like defense, monster defensive potential, weirdo frame, um, gonna like dominate on on defense at FSU. Um Send
0: All the weirdos to FSU. Yeah, he's, I, I love my FSU weirdos so much. Yeah,
1: yeah, Max, I'd be interested to see what what you think about him. Um, he is fascinating. I think I like I'm I'm still genuinely confused by him. Like like I'm four, five, six games in maybe even seven. I don't have a good read on him. Uh, but yeah, Cleveland is the guy going to FSU I, I, as a quick overview of him.
2: Yeah. I, I unfortunately still haven't seen a lot of him, He he was at that USA mini camp as well, but I just didn't really get a chance to get much of a, a gauge on him. Um, that, that's what happens when you have like 80 kids at a, a camp, uh, you miss out on some, but he, um, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with Max as far as like sending all the weirdos to FSU. Like at that camp, I interviewed Scotty Barnes, who is always been a personal favorite of mine. And at the time, Oregon was on his shortlist. So it was pretty much like Oregon, F- Florida State, and like a couple other teams. That Monday, I hear he committed to Florida State, like right after the camp is over. I'm in Denver and I get the notification. And um, yeah, it was uh, – it was somewhat devastating, but at the same time, I thought it was just a perfect fit for him. Yeah, even even as an Oregon stan, you, you have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought like he made the right move. He absolutely made the right move.
0: Yeah, yeah. Scott is is king weirdo, and uh, I'm so I excited.
1: Think Cleveland's even weirder, honestly, to me. Like,
0: he's weirder than the six nine point guard who's like best. I mean, player. he's worse
1: than Scotty. Like he, he's manipulating. I think he's worse, he's but he's he's strange. Like, oh
0: scotty Scott is is king weirdo yeah, man, yeah.
1: I'm very- hey um,
2: scotty, man we're gonna see some points scotty this year oh yeah Maybe for better good.
1: or for worse yeah
2: yeah exactly exactly but I, man um, he's, he's such a, a great he's pastor, so fun oh, exactly. yeah he's, he's he's a lot of fun i like uh, want to finish up with your last guy yeah um the last guy i have is a local oregon guy I, yeah, I, step over I got a prospect in, um yeah, because you guys never get a chance to see him. <laughs> but he's, he's also, a, like, almost certainly, if they have the game, going to be a McDonald's All-American level guy. Um, he is Nathan Biddle. And the, the thing I just wanted to bring up I, nobody's talked about Nathan before. PD talked about uh, Mookie Cook, who would have been a guy that I, I would have brought up as well and is a really great prospect coming out of uh, the state of okay. Oregon, Jefferson High School. But Nathan um, was the last cut from the U16 team. He's six foot, I think, six foot 11 now, and he has a seven foot five wingspan. He's just very unique in the fact that he's, he's not the best free-throw shooter, so I think that turns some people off. But in the last game I saw before COVID hit, I, I was uh, watching Nathan in the state tournament, and he went five for nine from three. He had an, another game where uh, against um, a player named Ben Gregg, who's going to, I think, go to uh, Pac-12 or some high-level school. And he went four for 10 there. So I, I trust the volume. I, I really trust his shooting. I think he has a really good shooting touch. I think he's a good passer. I think he's a good rim protector. He's kind of like almost like a, almost a West Coast version of Chet Holmgren. Um, he doesn't necessarily have that same level of agility. And um, I, I'd say Chet has a, a little bit more fight in him. Nathan's issues are similar to Chet in that he just needs to gain more strength. Uh, though his body I don't think is quite as strange as Chet's. But, yeah, they're they're both, like, guys who have the shooting touch, have that um, close to the basket game, and have a rim protection element. And um, Nathan's likely going to Oregon, but th- the other schools in
1: the fight for him are uh, UCLA, Gonzaga, and Arizona. Yeah, Mike acts absolutely killing it with the transitions. Because the next guy I want to talk about is, is Chet Holmgren, yeah. who we talked about on this pod before. Um, um but I wanted to rant a little bit uh, about Chet, um, because you know I I, I ranted briefly about this on, on Twitter last week, but I'm going to expand because it's a topic that I'm passionate about. And, and if you want like a, a look at what goes on goes on inside my head most of the time, this is just about it. Um, Chet Holmgren, um. You may know him from this pod or otherwise as like the greatest high school rim protector ever. Um, unmatched verticality, you know, just the consistency at which he vertically contests the rim and erase shots is um, is insane. Um, along with being you know tall and long, I, I, against Sierra Canyon, that's like the game where he had 11 blocks. I tracked it. I think he had 18, 17, or 18. Like like impactful contests. um, It's really absurd what he does as a room protector, along with being mobile, just like the most technically gifted 17 year old room protector I've ever seen. Um, But like Chet is, you know, as many people know, like the number one recruit. Um, I, I know at least ESPN has a number one recruit and like all, and like, if you see the ball is like mixtapes, like what you'll see is like this seven foot guy who like crates off the dribble and like pl- plays one-on-one versus Steph Curry. And that's just so frustrating. Like every seven footer to me, like frustrating me that every seven footer who dribbles gets lopped into this unicorn category. I mean, don't come wrong, Chet is like a, a functional handler. Like like Chet can dribble, and that's like part of his package and part of what makes him a very good, not number one, but like a, like a top five, top seven level prospect. Because you know he has dribble moves, but his dribbling's more like bring the ball up in transition dribbling and attack a closeout dribbling than it is the create isolation dribbling. And it's just frustrating because you know uh, at least the mainstream's not going to know him as this incredibly fun and unique rim protector. You know he, he's such a cool prospect, yet you know he gets billed as you know the same as every other seven foot unicorn, which which is what he's not. You know the shooting is fine, but I'd call it questionable at this point, especially off the dribble. Um, so yeah, it's just a quick little rant about Chet. Um, appreciate Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren for what he is. Uh, don't try to make him something he's not.
2: Yeah. I, at USA Basketball um, at that camp, I, he was the best 2021 guy there. Um, that, I think that's part of it. The the thing with him is, I think he's a killer. Like that that that's the kind of cool element with Chet is that he has this incredibly strange body. And I, I've seen him without a shirt, like he's <laughs> not physically imposing. Yeah, I have that picture uh,
1: saved on my camera. Yes, yeah, he it's um, alarming.
2: Yeah. Um, His physicality, his his frame frame is alarming. He's also, he's born uh, May 1st, uh, 2002. So he's like a little older for cloud. He's a a guy that, uh, yeah, like, you know, if Cole Anthony is old, then Chet is technically old. Um, So he's just somebody that I feel uh, has a good chance to never go to college. And that's at least a rumor I've heard. I, I know, of course, all the Blue Bloods and everybody are, Are after him. So he's a guy who I could see going to like a G league program or or doing something like that. The thing I really liked about him is he went up against Evan Mobley in scrimmages and did not back down one bit. And then when I went to go interview him, I I was helping out a friend for inside Carolina and I go up to Chet and he's talking with, I think, Scotty Barnes and like a few other guys. And he was like, oh my God, I wanted to block that guy shot so bad. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, like he was just so into it. So like, you could just tell he loves it. I, I think the the personality and like him being as into it as he is certainly plays a part. And yeah. like, that, That's a whole intel thing. One thing I will say, as far as I, I, I saw you tweet about him being the best rim protector that you've ever seen at the high school level. If you have a chance to watch Greg Oden, when he was in high school, he was tremendous. So mm-hmm. that that to me, Greg still stands uh, at the top there, especially yeah. with the physicality and everything. I was about
1: seven years old. So. Some
2: things happen to
1: you know. <laughs> yeah. And some smack there, like. No,
0: I was. I was like nine. Come shut on. Up. Yeah.
2: Shut up. I, <laughs> I know, I
1: know. This is way before your guys' day. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, um, yeah, an awesome story. So the last guy I want to talk about is... Oh, wait, uh, can
0: I say something about Chet quickly? Oh, yeah, checking,
1: I'm checking back in from the
0: Celtics game. Oh, Chet's awesome. He's such a good rim protector. He's so skilled. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, no, I, 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 I love watching Chet. Like I, I have no... Sorry, I'm just watching Jason, like, close out and peel off to steal drop-offs and then get steals uh, working at the nail. It's it's wonderful. Right. Um, But, yeah, really Chet, intense. I... I like, he's so weird because I don't know if it will sustain at all because like even now guys can generate contact against him and create space to finish on occasion, but he's so skilled as a rim protector and he's so long. Uh, I just, I like really, really sincerely hope that he develops physically at all because if he does, oh my God, I mean, that guy will be such a good rim protector.
1: Max, what are your thoughts on Jason Tatum's kid being named Deuce? Oh, it's the best name. I hope his middle name is Nick Bride (laughs) love it like like that's what Max going to name this kid I mean why not right. so um, let's go to my last guy who is a uh, 2020 high school guy uh, who we talked about before in the pod not for a minute Uh, that's Keon Johnson hold on I believe we 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 spoke about him with Ross way back in episode four or whatever we talked about 2021. Um, a guy that I wasn't too big on on first viewing, but I've moved I've come around on and I would like to speak about that. Um, I think uh, the missing piece for me was his AAU film, which is difficult to find, but I got my hands on some Adidas Gauntlet games and it's it's really incredible the strides he's made in such a short period. You know, from those summer Adidas Gauntlet games to you know his his high school games in November and December. Um, a couple of things: the, the shot looks so much better. Uh, the pull-up is just more fluid. He's more confident taking them. He shoots off movement now in high school. Even if the shot's still not perfect, you know, the the, the touch is very good. And the mechanical and confidence improvements are, are real. And then just like sense of like feel, like a feel is hard to define, but I think that's like the word for what he's really improved or what looks improved. Um, Cause like, at Adidas, you know, in, in AU, Keon were just overwhelmed with his with his tools and athleticism, which which was pretty effective because you know Keon's like probably the best athlete in next year's class. Uh, ridiculous in every sense of the word, not just run, jump, but balance, body control, finishing in midair. Um, like he had one. Adidas play where he where he like backpedaled into a like a perfectly coordinated block in transition like as fast as the guy with the ball it, it was totally absurd uh, another one where he covered both sides of the rim on one jump with with his arms I mean he's he's an insane athlete but like uh, but a lot of that is just like like misplaced aggression where. He's missing a lot of reads. He's kind of just like driving into guys. Um, it's not crafty. There's no control, no sense of purpose. And I think that's a, a much improved in high school where, you know, I think he's more crafty as a driver, as a finisher. He, he's more under control, you know, has definitely, I think handles improved uh, like, like a little bit, not, not not to a crazy extent, but he says he's just in more control uh, of himself on offense has more of a, has more of a reign on his incredible physical tools. Um, and then like the passing is certainly better, but you know, he's, he's he's playing within more of the flow of the offense nothing incredible but making basic decisions and i think i only think he's young for his class and like that that's that skill curve that that development curve which is something we harp on all the time on this podcast has made me even higher on keon johnson than i was i'm, I'm definitely moving way up on him um just seeing that seeing that development curve and you know believing more in this skill you know combined with the ridiculous athleticism and age and you know like um I think it was a couple weeks ago uh, we had PD on who talks about, you know, his easy buckets heuristic, you know, guys in high school who, you know, just live off of easy buckets and like that, that that's Keon Johnson to a T. Like, yeah. like he, like it's, it's comical how easy it is for him. Granted the high school competition he plays against isn't incredible, but like he should be dominating and he does. So I mean, Keon's a guy I've, I've moved up quite a bit and you know, I'm so excited to watch him in Tennessee with Jaden Springer and maybe Eve Pons and definitely John Fulkerson um, and definitely yeah. Santiago Vescovi. It's going to be a great freaking time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I So he was another guy that was at that um, October mini camp in 2019. He was one of the best players out of the 2020 group during that camp. Just really consistent. You could see the flashes on both ends. I, I like the way that the shot looks. And um, his defense was – like a real standout and ridiculous athleticism for that, like even amongst that class. um, One, one of the guys I, I'm definitely most looking forward to watching next year. Uh, hopefully in the NCAA season.
1: Have you seen the shot in Adidas? Cause if not, I'd, I'd be curious to see what you think about like the, the the progress he's made. So I unfortunately have not seen Adidas film. I will watch it. I'll uh, find. <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, I, um. I he, actually like at USA w- was the first time I, I had seen him and he was the guy that like, I think was one of the standouts. Of-
1: yeah, I'll send you clips later, uh, but awesome. yeah, So I think unless Max says, I, I don't think Max, Max is enthralled by the Celtics. Um, so I don't think he's going to have much to say on Keon at the moment. Uh,
0: I got nothing to add. I, I haven't seen that much Keon. He's a, he's a crazy athlete though. Um, yeah. Yeah
1: he's yeah. wild. um so i think uh yeah just just said about an hour it's pretty good length long recording but uh, one of my favorites we've done in a long time this, this, this was a blast again thank you so much for uh, mike not only for coming on but giving us this idea uh you can follow him on twitter at MBA Draft mikey v um host of the viseland podcast uh does stuff with pro insight uh mike is there anything else is there anything you want to plug or anything you want to say Check out
2: Perspective Insight or Pro Insight, uh, the Q&A series. Check out Visland Podcast. Uh, you can email us at viselandpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at visland V-I-S-E-L-A-N-D. And yeah, just I really, really appreciate you guys having me on this podcast. I've been there from the beginning and, you know, it's been so great interacting with both of you. I'm um, Heavily, heavily impressed with your takes on the NBA draft and prospects in general. So, thank you so much. I'm not sure As if I'm, you guys see
1: me reacting. The Thunder opened up. i reacting right now too. The Thunder opened up their game with a Stephen Adams movement three. Let's go! <laughs> yeah. So th- oh, thanks
0: to the, Adams. <laughs> Thanks to the wonders of League Pass, I actually oh, missed the. I missed the first two minutes of this game because League Pass decided that it didn't want to show them to me. Um, I, I rewinded it and saw most of it, but I did. I missed the oh Stephen Adams movement three though.
1: and he made it. Oh, well, he missed, I think. Oh. Um, but like they ran an ATO for him to get a, what the well, You know, Billy Donovan is on to the it, next it's level. It's, so. it's, it, scrimmage.
2: It, it, it's scrimmage.
1: it's scrimmages. Scrimmage. The, the, the Clippers had a
0: 2 had a 2 1 press out there the other yeah. day. It's gonna, it's gonna um, 3.
1: I mean, like, it's the apocalypse right now. Very cool. Bull Bull. bull um, it, is, it is literally. Cool. <laughs> it is literally. You know, bull Bull, you know, f- fantastic. Um, uh, another one of your Oregon guys showing out. Hey. Um, so, yeah. I,
2: I was always surprised he went as low as he did. Um, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't know if it was as much the injuries as it was like off-court intel. Yeah. and like that. everyone says yeah but he um yeah a tremendously talented player but yeah once again thank you guys so much for having me on <laughs> great talking with you guys and uh yeah definitely all yeah. Prep to pro i've been trying to use um the synergy screenshot thing to uh get people <laughs> to do reviews and stuff on my podcast as well so i the idea was free guys and
1: thank <laughs> you for being an idea <laughs> I mean, hey, you traded. Uh, you, hey, man, we took the episode idea, you took this energy idea. It's, it's sure. a fair trade, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I think you're gonna outro it now. Uh, th- thank you all so much for listening. You can follow the pod at prep number two pro pod on Twitter. Keep leaving five star reviews, subscribing on Apple Podcasts that, that that boosts our views, our downloads helps us a lot. Follow Max on Twitter at Max A Carlin. Um, you can follow me at Ben underscore firefighter underscore um i'm sure max will have some celtics clips at some point um oh they're already up i've been i've been doing
0: it while we record oh (laughs) yeah
1: that's unsurprising yeah um so um, max has celtic clips up right now um you can go back about like what like five days for for all of you listening um and, and go find those clips and i'm sure i'll have more um in the coming days so keep an eye on on our twitter accounts for that and unless there's anything else you want to say uh, i think we're good nope um so thank you all for listening and have a wonderful day